it hadn't been 13 minutes since I saw it though. So it was like, and I still didn't really grasp. Since you saw the first half though, like what? It still had to be like, this is how the movie ended. Yeah. For those of you who haven't finished it yet. I wonder what happened to Terry's parents. I hope they're okay. Yeah. Oh, there's her yeah. dad. Oh, I wonder what happened to her dad. Where'd, where'd her boyfriend go? It was a very different movie watching experience for me than likely other oh. people that We are live with another episode of the Keeg Talks. Today, uh, the Keeg Talks Avatar Way of Water. It's season eight, episode 29, I think. And we're here talking about the second Avatar. Um, uh, this franchise, it's taken so long to get a sequel. Um, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and I'm not here talking about Avatar uh, The Way of Water alone. Instead, no, I have three awesome guests with me here tonight. If you can see us on our live streams on Twitch or YouTube, you can see their faces and their names and their social media. Um, If you're listening to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, you cannot. So let me introduce them. First, we got Vaga B, uh, Holiday (laughs) on Pandora, very Avatar specific. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I've kind of just fallen right back into the rabbit hole uh it's 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 okay it's beautiful here honestly I have no I have no I have no qualms <laughs> yeah I like the uh I like the uh the Navi onesie thank you this came from the avatar inspired Cirque du Soleil show I saw back in 2016 when it was on tour it closed in 2019 but it's actually a kid's extra large so it's the only size they had <laughs> that's fair that's fair yeah um uh, shout out to uh, a couple of people out there. Diesel Du Bois says Vaga B Howdy, my favorite Avatar person. Yay! Uh, and then Kenna DJ says Woo, woo. So woo to Ken, uh, to to Kenna, or, or is it Kina? Um, uh, let me know. Um, Vaga, very nice to have you, especially because the last time I had you on the show was the Moon Knight after show, and it was the first episode. I was going to say, like, did we even talk around She-Hulk? I can't remember, but definitely I was there for yeah. Moon Knight. Was, Moon, Moon Knight was the last ago. time. Yeah, the, and then the Avatar trailer dropped and the box labeled Pandora and my brain opened up and I was like, all right, I am 20 years old again and fully obsessed. Let's relearn Navi. <laughs> I, I want to know, once we introduce everyone, I want to know everybody, like, how they first saw Avatar years and years mm-hmm. and years ago. Um, we also got Nathan Cook, The Favoring Wind. Nathan, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's later here than it is there, so I've got my uh, late night hydration right here. Okay, is that is that a is that alcoholic? <laughs> oh no, no, I just will dry out after midnight like a shriveled up prune. So I got to keep drinking. Okay, cool, 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 cool. It's like Cinderella. Yeah, exactly. Meets the mummy. Exactly. I'm I'm a pumpkin that will end up inside a canopic jar. <laughs> Whatever you call whatever is good enough for me. Um, glad to have you, Nathan. Uh, it's also been a long time since I've had you on the show. Actually, all three of you guys. All three of you guys, it, it, it's been a long time. Nathan's last one. And I only know this because like I was I was looking at the, you know, trying to, whatever. Anyway, Nathan, it was Valentine's. It was the Valentine's episode. Didn't we do one for Jurassic Park? 
or did we do one for did we do one for dress we Wait, did one uh, for Jurassic Park. Yeah, oh, so I guess it ha- I guess it hasn't been that long. So I'm gonna find somebody. I'm gonna months. find somebody else. <laughs> okay, Jurassic World Dominion. Okay, I actually forgot that movie existed. Um, <laughs> scrubbed it out of your brain straight up as as you should really seriously yeah um okay cool well nathan next time i i won't have you twice to make up for that we're fine right exactly you just skip me the next time a jurassic world movie comes out yeah (laughs) i think that's probably to your benefit yeah that's fair uh and then we also we also got shiv uh aka chivalry how's it going it's good. Um, I can't remember the last time I was here, but I know we were talking about Asian representation. It was the it was AAPI really representation yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to have all of you guys back. And Shiv, uh, didn't you go to a premiere recently too? I did. I went to the Strange World premiere for Disney. Cool. Everybody, everybody out here doing things. And it's awesome because <laughs> it's been months since I've had you guys on. And I feel like a yeah. lot has happened in those months. <laughs> Um, Shiv went to Strange, Strange, wait, what's it called? Strange World. Strange World? Strange World, yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused Strange with World. Star Trek, Strange New World. With Strange New no, World? wrong. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of strange. Just, Doc- Doctor strange Strange? <laughs> Doctor Strange New Worlds in the Star Trek of Madness. Yes. Yeah. Would know? watch. One what a, what a, yeah, what a movie that would be. My God. What a crossover. <laughs> I'm seated for that one. Jeez. Um... <laughs> Uh, where, 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 you don't have to say how old you were, but where were you when you first saw the first Avatar movie? Because it was 2000, what was it, 2009? 2010? Yeah. 2009. December 2009. Uh, I remember where I was. I saw it at Universal CityWalk. I wow. went with some friends, uh, one of which I'm not friends with anymore. Um, and then also with a girl I had a crush on that didn't like me. Um, and so I lucked out by sitting next to her and then, um, she became a famous cosplayer and I haven't talked to her in a long time. So, and you thought Avatar was the move to woo her over. It was an, it was an immersive experience. So just whip your brain out and just, yeah. She's like, what are you, what are you you doing? That was the year for rat tails, man. They were going everywhere. I hate, I I hate rat tails so much. Who doesn't? Uh, Padawan braids, rat tails. Um, One of the characters on Grownish has a rat tail and I just want to cut it off. He's a good looking guy. Just cut off the rat tail. You don't need it. But anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, What, where was everybody else? I was in Northern Canada where I grew up, but I had just come home from living in Europe for a couple of years. And so I was really sick of city life and I had just gotten home. It was like my 20th birthday uh, this time of year. And in the small like First Nations community, they do not have like a large theater. So it was a very small, like maximum 200 seat theater. And I don't think it was by any means full because like we don't, we barely got the internet up there now these days so I don't know I'm I'm sure they have better internet these days but um yeah so as far as like the hype of films and James Cameron and all that was people were still talking about Titanic and then this movie came out and people are like all right so what could this be and all of a sudden I'm like yes I'm back in my rainforest this is exactly where I'm meant to be I am so happy here and I felt like I'd watched a dream 
just unfold before my eyes. Back in your rainforest, what was the rainforest movie before <laughs> Avatar? No, no, I really live into? in a rainforest. You guys oh. don't know where I I'm I'm in uh, West Coast Canada, so this is just a temperate rainforest, and it's like Pandora almost all the time, except more rain. So oh. that's that is my happy place. That is pretty natural to me. Whereas I had been living in Portugal and Amsterdam and London and Ireland, it was just like these are beautiful places, but they're full of concrete buildings and like human history. And that does not appeal to me. I am very much like a of the earth, going to go swim in the ocean today kind of a person. And uh, Pandora was just able to bring that to the warmth and comfort of a theater seat with a bucket of popcorn in my lap. It was great. <laughs> uh, as we, uh, When you brought up swimming in the ocean, it also reminded <laughs> me that I need to refresh my memory on what these names of these animals and things were in this movie. I'm uh, here for you. Don't worry. <laughs> I, think, I, I think Vaga has the vocabulary yeah, uh, ready for you. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but okay. So uh, we can just say this for the episode. If anyone's like struggling, I'll just slip in the name that they're looking for. If, if yeah. you feel like it's necessary, just for clarity's sake. Yeah. Um, so uh, Nathan, where, where were you? What was, what uh, do you have a story similar? Uh, my story was pretty boring. I had recently moved to this like suburban bit. I'd moved from a small town to a very big suburb uh, and was trying to make friends uh, like in every friend group. It's like I, I can make friends with the chorus kids or I could make friends with the youth group kids or the theater kids. Didn't really work, but I would go to see Avatar. I can't remember which group it was that I went to see Avatar with. I'm like, I'm going to hang out with these kids and like we're going to be we're going to be buds. And I forgot any of them existed uh, 30 minutes into the movie. I was just like, this is way more important than making friends. I'm going <laughs> to just watch this. I think I saw it in theaters three or four times oh. while it was out. I'm a repeat watch it in theaters person. Like, always that's, have been since I was like... pre-movie pass days, too. Three or four times. Yeah, you're paying full price. <laughs> that's, all, that's always been my pastime. Like, when I was nine years old, I was like, wow, I love this Spider-Man movie. My dad the next weekend. We can go again if you want. I was like, okay. So my parents don't always... watch movies. So <laughs> they wouldn't have Fair. been able, like, they wouldn't have taken me. <laughs> my like, dad gets um... so upset when I tell him I rewatch, especially when I tell him I rewatch Indian movies, because it's like a whole three hours of my life that I'm not getting. <laughs> this is also three hours of my life I'm not going to get back. But like, yeah, my God, he gets so upset. Like, I we're a been movie doing... rewatch family. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> buy it on DD and, and occasionally, like, when was the last time you watched Lawrence of Arabia? You know, you could watch that again, you know, we could put Lord <laughs> of the Rings on again. Would that make you happy to watch the movie again? Yeah. I keep, I, wondering was... if, I keep wondering if that's like a generational thing that's about to die out just because back in the day, we only had like so many VHSs. And if you, you know, we didn't have the internet just available for us to watch everything over and over. So you watch the same goddamn thing over and over and over. <laughs> How many times have I seen Tom Cruise in Legend? Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, but no, then again, people rewatch The Office. But that, I mean, those are TV shows, but still like, the Office and Friends kept getting watched on repeat by like Gen Z that hadn't it's like grown lot, up with it. It's a lot more brain off comfort viewing though than the average movie is. Like, and because mm. I agree, I'm I I consider myself a rewatch movie person, and I would usually like in the days of DVD be like, okay, I'm gonna put Men in Black in the DVD player and do my chores on Men in Black is on. But the equivalent on streaming for just some reason isn't as satisfying. If I put mm. Men in Black on Netflix right now, I kind of get a little burnt out and overwhelmed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to I'm going to throw on Futurama instead. For some reason, TV, huh. it hits that mellow just a little bit nicer. Yeah. 
I, I, I've been rewatching movies when I show it to other people. So like, I've been showing my parents a lot of like my, my favorite stuff. And so I'm trying to get them interested in like what I'm interested in. And that's the only time I'm really like rewatching movies that much. Sometimes I'll see something again, second or third time, but there's a lot of stuff out right now. Um, Avatar, I probably saw twice, once in theaters and once on, on Blu-ray. And then that was it. Um, Shiv. Yeah, you're not going to like this one. Um, I <laughs> I did not watch Avatar at all when it came out yeah. uh, in theaters. Um, That's fair. Mostly because my dad is the one that took me to movies and I was a senior in high school. Not that I could have gone by my, I could I could have gone by myself. Um, but I guess none of my friends were really interested. My dad hates sci-fi. Like he yeah. doesn't even want to watch Planet of the Apes. And I was like, this is so far from sci-fi. I feel like, you know, right. um, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I never watched it when it came out. I actually watched it two hours before my Avatar 2 screening on Thursday of last week. Whoa. Oh, so you, it was like pretty much so back exciting. to back? Yeah, I went like, but yeah. I didn't finish the first one prior to watch <laughs> the second. What? <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to mix I'm trying to mix up this bag of guests that you have here because I feel yeah. like everyone's like super hardcore fans and I'm just there like, I just watched it. Oh, um, and like, it. I, I mean, I completely understand the hype from it once you watch it. Like even all these years later, I think that like digitally, it still like holds up a lot of weight, right? Um, but I didn't finish the story. So I kind of was a little bit confused. And then I basically came back after the three hour Avatar 2 screening and then finished <laughs> Avatar 1. So it was a very Avatar packed day for me, um, but worth it. I think it was, it was a good choice definitely to watch it before I went in, but um, I kind of wish I finished it so I could maybe enjoy it like to its full potential when I saw it in theaters. That is wild. I've never like, heard where of Where did anyone... you stop? I gotta, I gotta know, where did you stop before you went to see the other one? I stopped. <laughs> I stopped when they were just, I think he was just mastering how to like ride. I think it's the Ikron, the flying. No, like, yeah. The movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a bad. Best part of the movie too. <laughs> And like I, I got enough of the whole colonization plot line to then analyze the second movie and be like, we're back here. We're we're right back where we started, you know. But um there's there's definitely a lot of stuff that happens after where, especially with the courage thing. I was like, who is this guy and why is he back in, you know, there was a lot of questions, yeah. but well, anyway, um <laughs> this this movie did start with kind of like a remember what happened last time? This is what's yeah. happened since, and they kind of like set yeah. that up because. It's probably been, I mean, it's been a thir- long time for 13 a people, years yeah. <laughs> since, you know, anyone's seen it, right? Yeah. Like it's a lot. It hadn't been 13 minutes since I saw it, though. So it was like, and I still didn't. Since you really saw the first half, though, like, what? It still had to be like, this is how the movie ended. Yeah. For those of you who haven't finished it yet. <laughs> I wonder what happened to Terry's parents. Yeah. I hope they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's her mom. Oh, I wonder what happened to her dad. Where'd, where'd her boyfriend go? It was a very different movie watching experience for me than likely other people that were there, you know, but yeah, I still liked it. I still liked it. It's interesting <laughs> how like everybody, everybody does have a kind of a different story and like, like anything big, people started hating on it and then some people loved it, you know, and like, it is what it is. Uh, I want to read out some of the comments um, uh, oh God. <laughs> uh, from, from some of the people out there. Um Diesel Du Bois says my cousin introduced it to me after it came out. I was small. Well, Diesel Du Bois put small, S M O L. So he was really small then. It was small. very small. Very yeah. small. <laughs> um, that way. 
Kenna says, when I first saw the movie, I was nine and I fell in love with Pandora. Now I'm 22 and I just can't get over the graphics and world design. Kenna also says, I watched the first one so many times in the last month before the new one came out. Um, I mean, that that's dedication. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to Kenna. I didn't watch Avatar the first one before I saw, like, again, before right before I saw the second. I was just like, I'll go into it. I'll be fine. Um, Diesel Bois says, God, I've watched it at least 15 times, and I have two shoulder banshees, one being a limited edition. Ooh, cool. Like tattoos? No, they're um, they're like a little animatronic figurine that you could get at the Pandora World of Avatar. Oh, World. I've yeah. never been there. I don't know if they still have them, but they have been there for the first couple of years. I look as somebody who hasn't been to any of the major parks since he was 10 years old. I love hearing about what they would have if I could go. <laughs> we should all go. We should all. Yeah. For anyone out I'm, there who's actually I'm... interested, there is an avatar meetup on December 27th at Florida's Pandora World of Avatar. So if you're wow. part of the fan group, you can join the Learn Navi and Kelly Trell, um online communities and they have discords and they'll tell you all about it. Do they have an outreach program to pay for my ticket? <laughs> Not that I know of, but... Um, you have to become an be avatar, there. Nathan. Exactly. <laughs> you have to get into the pod and become an avatar. That's not that hard. I can figure that out. I can figure that part out. Um, Rave Babes 24 just popped in saying, I know the first Avatar movie inside and out, word for word. I'm so excited to see the second movie. Rave Babes, uh, we will be talking about the second movie in this episode, so... <laughs> There will be spoilers. Spoilers. Just yes. know that for anyone out there. Um, Diesel Du Bois said they came out with a new color of Banshee slash shoulder. Ikran? Ikran, yeah. Ikran, okay. That's, that's the Navi name for them. The human name is the Banshee. Um, that's all on Twitch. Derpy501 says hey on YouTube. So, hey. Hey. Um, uh, <laughs> there, I mean, Avatar was a phenomenon and then it disappeared. For 13 years. And people like media and, you know, analysts and whatnot uh, would talk a lot just about like how Avatar didn't have impact further than than its time period. Right. Like, yes, for some people like Vaga was a huge fan. And like, well, I think what has happened is the cultural impact like tagline. It hasn't had a cultural impact that has just been repeated and regurgitated so many times that it's not actually true. It's just internet trolls have zero creativity and no mm. ability to figure out a new thing to say. But it very much has had a cultural impact, not just on uh, pop culture, but on actual indigenous communities around the world. Uh, how so? I can talk more about that later. Oh, oh. Uh, well, part of the immediate aftermath of Avatar were indigenous communities who were basically fighting very similar battles with their government officials. Uh, for example, the Belamonte Dam in uh, Brazil, the indigenous cultures reached out to James Cameron to have him come and advocate on their behalf as an educator, as an innovator, and as an environmentalist. And he was able to, well, he attempted as best as he could to uh, negotiate with the government officials. Uh, Bolsonaro, can I remember? Uh, their Bolsonaro, yeah. That's him. Um, unfortunately, the Belamonte Dam still took place and massive deforestation was coming through the displacement of over 25,000 indigenous people, all because of a power mine that was built and was 
five plan was always going to be inefficient, was never going to create the amount of power that they actually wanted to have. Environmentalists, scientists, everyone was there. James Cameron was bringing everyone he could from like Sigourney Weaver to Arnold Schwarzenegger, anyone to just kind of put more of a public spotlight on this so that the world would try and have a, like a moving effect and try and save these communities. But sadly, it just wasn't able to happen. And the worst part of it all is that this was all just for a little extra money on the side and it was never going to be an efficient project. So 10 years after the fact, the mine was built uh, despite all the work that people tried to do. And uh, a, like the tallies have come in is like, yeah, it was as much of a disaster as we thought it was going to be and climate change. So, yay. I, I'm but, very interested <laughs> on the real world impact of Avatar. I think, yeah. at least from my mindset, that going into uh, this, it was more of a like a pop culture impact. Yeah, that's what people like to say. Yeah, it's also had a huge pop culture impact as well, though. I mean, like we, the way we watch movies changed forever because of Avatar. Like after Avatar, the the 3D technology was so incredibly effective and so immersive that every studio chased it from that point on, and the audience went along with it. Um, the next giant hit with 3D after that was um, was Step the Alice in Wonderland movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was the Alice in Wonderland movie, which sort of solidified that uh, audiences were, you know, clamoring for more of that 3D technology. And even though it has fizzled in years since, you still every major blockbuster that comes out has 3D showings, at least for the first couple weekends. There's never been a Marvel movie that doesn't have a 3D option. Really? Well, not just that, but beyond the the 3D, the physical technology that Marvel and Disney have been able to utilize in order to create their performance capture technology would not have existed had James Cameron not invented it for Avatar. Right, of course. Uh, I find James Cameron's like commitment to 3D is is like 110%. Then you get movies that when 3D was like a huge like craze, they weren't doing true 3D, right? They were doing essentially cutting diorama faux yeah. 3D. They were adding you... the 3D in post opposed to yeah. actually filming in 3D. Yeah. Right. And there's it a, doesn't there's look a phrase good. for that. And I can't remember what it's called. It's like um, an after something. Or yeah, so, something for when, when it's done after the fact versus shot naturally in 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because say what you want about James Cameron, but like he spends the time like, holy shit. He spends the time on everything. It's like, it's not fast. He's not taking the easy way out at all. No, he's he's literally inventing it. Other people are able to utilize his tools afterwards. He's basically creating a medium and he's creating the technology uh, that would not exist had he not had the backing that he's had in uh, electrical engineering and in robotics engineering. Had he not had that kind of education, this never would have been really able to carry forward, so okay yeah um avatar then rested for a while right like as far as a franchise everybody had said there you know there was going to be a sequel um and then the when they formally announced like avatar 2 was going to be made um how'd you guys feel shiv go for it yeah Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, oh yeah, Shiv, Shiv, having not having not seen Avatar, were you just like this feels like I'm being set up. Um, no, I I was just gonna say, uh, when did the parks uh get announced? Because I remember distinctly feeling like 
um very interested in going to see the parks once again not seeing the movie just I'm a huge Disney parks fan so I was like oh I would love to go visit this whole world that they just built over there I think um, they announced and, it in 2014 but it wasn't open until 2016 something like that 2016 okay I think those are the um, exact years actually no I'm, I'm, um, I'm about to look up but yeah that was right um, and I remember feeling excited about that because that to me is something like I can actually go experience, like I could go to the parks and like be very immersed in a world that you only could see on screen, but now you can visit in real life. Um, I don't remember uh, when I heard about the sequel. I'm so sorry, but um, <laughs> I no, right. uh, I know it was sometime last year and also th- being excited to watch it because I had never seen the original. So knowing that that was on the pipeline for me of like, oh, I get to finally watch this movie and then see the sequel, get that immediate gratification of watching it after versus a lot of people that watched it in 2009 and waited 13 years, you know, that's a very different feeling. Um, so that's kind of where I was at. I always thought it was interesting oh. that that Disney, like there was obviously franchise potential and like a movie like this takes a long time to make, but like it also, it's been 13 years, but in the meantime, Disney created the park. So it just seemed like an odd investment for something that was going to take 13 years to like continue. Yeah. Um, again, I liked the first Avatar. I get the flaws and I get the criticism uh, of it, but like I liked it. And I thought it like there's no other movie to see in 3D other than Avatars. Like, you know, Nathan, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was about to make a joke that I already forgot what it was. Uh, <laughs> but no, I agree with you uh, entirely. I this is a movie that's like if I if you think 3D, you think Avatar, and if you think Avatar, you think 3D, and it's entirely unique as an experience. Like there are other movies that I've sat down since Avatar came out and been like, wow, I'm so glad I watched that in theaters or wow, I'm so glad I watched that in 3D. A couple of immediate ones, the first Avengers and Life of Pi were wonderful experiences, but they don't hold a candle to whatever, whatever the experience of Avatar is. It's something halfway between uh, like 40 foot tall VR and a movie. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh on Twitch, we got some comments. Rave Babes 24 says, I think I cried when I heard a second movie was set in production and in progress. I unfortunately haven't had the chance to go to the park yet. Uh, I haven't I gone to the park either, park. so don't feel so bad. Because yeah. neither. I went to Disney World yeah. just before it opened and I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you floating mountains or so far. I remember away. even watching the documentary about um Flight of Passage is the ride, right? Mm-hmm. yeah they they made a doc about how the imagineers like made all of the the vines and stuff around the rocks and like the floating rocks and just like again seeing that was just so fascinating i was like mm-hmm. it makes sense why they built it because if this yeah. was down, these movies were coming down the pipeline i mean there's actually a now, kind of like a online well online joke i don't know if you pay attention to the corporate side of things but a story of how bob Iger wanted avatar so bad because it was originally the first one was created under fox Mm. Bob Iger wanted Avatar so bad that he went ahead and bought the entire company just to get Avatar. So that was apparently like the joke when the it finally went through and that Universal was absorbed. But it kind of had to go piece by piece. They got the park rights to it. It was it was not like an all in one mm. um, union between Avatar and Disney. Um, when was the buyout? It was before Disney bought Fox, obviously, because that only happened a couple of years ago. But yeah, that like- was twenty nineteen. So I think they, yeah. I think Disney attained the rights, I guess, like 2013, 2014. Mm. Yeah. Cameron is, Cameron pulled a smart George Lucas 
and does with most of his things post Terminator. Um, Cause like Terminator, he famously lost the rights to Terminator um, pretty quickly. Um, and oh. he was like, I'm never letting that happen again. And so he having a really positive relationship with Disney and he's always had a positive relationship with Disney approached them in like the early 2010s for uh, the park development because that was yeah. always something he also wanted to do. So, and then they announced it in 2014 and then the uh, announced in 2014, I looked it up, opened in 2017, and then the merger with Fox was announced in 2019 and completed in 2020, 2021, somewhere right yeah. around there. But yeah, the, he's Cameron always had a more positive relationship with Disney than anyone else. Ow. But Fox was the, they just he's had a good working relationship. Like, what like what movie did he make for Disney? None. Like he just had a good communication relationship there are a lot of like docs you can watch of like um stuff with uh bob uh, not bob Iger, who who was his predecessor the guy who was ceo of disney in the 90s eisner? but even eisner eisner had a like a strong relationship with cameron too just like a conversational one just like peers so he had made titanic under fox and made them a good judal amount of money <laughs> and so when it came time to green light avatar it's like okay well i'm gonna make that with the company that owes me their life yeah <laughs> but he's yeah always... and he had issues with them because fox was really trying to like get him to take the whole hippie uh tree hugger bullshit i think it was the direct quote out of the film and James Cameron's like ah no that's literally the entire point I'm a fucking environmentalist what do you think I'm doing yeah. here so <laughs> yep and that's again more reason why he, he'd always had a more positive relationship with the usually more like PR friendly family friendly and um willing to be green willing to be environmental friendly um image of the Disney execs uh I, I was also uh, just when you were bring, bring up Disney, I just thought the fact that like Avatar is pretty family friendly, except for the ponytail, ponytail sex. <laughs> That's not okay. First of all, ponytail sex is not what it is. The halo is a bond, a neural bond, and then they happen to have sex. We just don't see that part. All right, so there is an actual intercourse. So they're cheating us out of real content. Is what you're <laughs> yeah, <saying. laughs> but it's in the collector's extended edition, motherfucker. So just buy the Wait, DVD. The full on sex. <laughs> Well, you don't see bits, but she's like sitting in his lap. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's Lady Chatterley's Navi. Okay, so <laughs> I do have a question because Vaga would probably know this. Uh, but then also Kenna has a question in the chat for Vaga as well. But I have seen no distinct proof that the Navi have genitalia. Do they have genitalia? They do, You're not yeah, they do but if you want a PG-13 <laughs> family-ish friendly rating, you can't show it. So Right. They got loincloths, man. Um, actually, by not looking hard Weta, Weta <laughs> FX has, um, from the first 2009, like a concept art piece where they show like side-by-side -side references of the Navi and the humans. And the Navi do have smaller genitalia than you might expect. So Well, it's because their fevers are so long. Yeah. They're growers, not showers. The femurs, <laughs> the femurs are so long that like anything would look small. Yeah, so proportionally it looks smaller. I don't know, yeah. in a, like life size actuality, what that's gonna look like. <laughs> Why are we? Are we... <laughs> this is what you've asked of me. No, it is. <laughs> you brought this up. This well, is the topic. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen like. Well, how do we know? We've never seen them like anything. It's in it is have you googled it because it's not hard to find it's you can inside. find fan art of anything <laughs> um rule 34 i just don't i just don't have proof but okay 
I will say the point to the point that you were originally making that uh, Avatar is more family friendly or is generally family friendly. I will say uh, uh, this more recent movie, uh, mild spoilers, does push that quite a bit in the third act. Oh, that was so good. It was so good. I remember watching the, are we talking about the violence or? Oh yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah, every time. As soon as that that rope hit that arm, I was like, that arm is gone. That arm is so gone. I I knew they were leaning towards it. Every time like a person flew out of the boat, I'm like, these deaths are getting more and more violent. (laughs) And I wonder how far they're going to push it. And the arm, I was like, that's it. They... That was the line. That, that was the line. <laughs> I wanted. I w- I hoped it was his neck. That guy. I was. I was gunning oh, no. for. He's him. coming back. He's coming they, back. You. You think he'll no, come back? Yet. I don't want that guy to come he's back. He's the next. He's the next villain. Yeah. They literally set it up so he's the next villain. That guy's the worst. Were filmed at the same time. He's going to still be in that continued storyline. They still got to give just birth to an else, baby. Just like with the yeah. arm cast, basically. Yeah. An arm. He's cast? got a robot arm. <laughs> Or a bionic, yeah, or a bionic, bionic arm. arm. <laughs> or what I want to know, crazy idea. What if he grafts a Navi arm? <laughs> or that's, a Tolkien that's, arm? Oh, that's, that's too far. So. In spite of they don't have the, they don't have like DNA technically. Yeah, his his arm would be the length of his whole body <laughs> at that point. I do. Easier to catch whales. Scrap a ponytail on there. You can just have like a, a little pinnacle. <laughs> he swings a ponytail by his stubby <laughs> arm and uses that to attach to the animals. Okay, so <laughs> everybody cheered when that happened. The whole audience went wild. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I love a good. I love a good bad guy death. Like yeah, yeah. Not dead. He's not dead. He's not dead yet though. <laughs> Dismembering. Out of all the, the characters to bring back, they're going to bring back him. I mean, they brought back Quaritch, but he's yeah. the main they're, bad guy. Quaritch is the they're main. They're going to bring back everyone. They're going to bring back Quaritch, but these two guys are going to like either team up or Quaritch is going to become a good guy with, Sp- with Spider's going to influence. He's going to become like good dad of the year, you know. And then yeah, yeah, this so, is, something yeah. like that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. No, he's basically paired up. So he's uh, you got like the whale guys, right? And they're kind of paired up. And you got to have more Ian Garvin, who Jemaine Clement plays. And he's the marine biologist side. And they're going to have a bit of a story arc where there's going to be some sort of split, basically. The marine biologist has got to go in the direction of like, yay, team science. Let's actually advocate for these beautiful species rather than trying to murder them just so that humans can live forever. Because that's fucking uh, what I'm trying to say. Ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I have a serious question about the Jermaine Clement character. I really want to know this. It was distracting me the entire movie. Uh, (laughs) Why did he have to have an American accent? Why couldn't he know. just speak with his New Zealand accent? Well, because the other guy was Australian, right? Yes, yeah, just let him be New Zealand. Right. <laughs> so confusing. It was like, why do you? Why are you American? Why? What's What's this choice? Why is it? Sounds weird. Choice. I don't know if it was written that way, but I do know that Mark Maron was another person who was up for the same role. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it if it had to do with the character itself. Uh, if we'll see that later on. Maybe they Kiwi might. accents don't exist in the 22nd century. Oh, perhaps. that's a shame. They might have decided that it's too naturally funny. Like just the, the sound of him talking. Because he's he's a funny guy. Mm-hmm. Like you have to you have to dial down how idiosyncratic and funny you are. Because he played the whole thing pretty straight, right? He did. It was a very flat, or not flat, but yeah, it was a very straight role. Yeah. Yeah. Um this movie, I mean, let, let, let's start talking about this movie. Uh <laughs> Uh, this movie was uh, more about family than it was about like the end of the forest, right? 
like was the stakes were a little bit lower. Do you how do you, how do you guys feel about the difference in stakes between the two movies? Shiv, you've seen both movies. I don't want to. Why do we have to start with me? Can we start okay. with someone? Nathan? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, All right. I'll talk. All right. I'll I'll say. Uh, my I thought the sh- I thought the best parts of this movie were the parts that were all about family and the kids. I thought those characters shined the strongest, and I think that this movie could have like I think that the I think James Cameron has a lot of strengths when he's talking about environmentalism and he's pushing for that. But in this movie in particular, there was so much going on that I thought that the environmental message not the whale stuff but like any of the rest of it like the establishing of the colony or pushing out of the forest i was like that's the most underexplored i think it's going to be a much stronger theme in follow-up movies but the strength this one for me was establishing the family establishing the kids uh space jesus all that (laughs) exactly that can we go over the the family's names so we obviously had jake sully we got natiri right uh then the oldest Netam is the oldest son. Sorry, what's his oldest Net- son's name? Netam. Netam. Pour one out for Netam. Netam. He's the one who spoilers died. Pour one yeah. out. Pour one yeah. out for Netam. <laughs> Netam. And then Kiri is the adopted daughter who's about the same age. She was born of Grace Augustine's avatar. Father. Face Jesus. Yeah, face Jesus. Yeah. Um, I thought that this second the trailer came out, I'm like, this is gonna be fucking awesome. Let's mess with those Christian. I mean, yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Loak, L O apostrophe A K, Loak. And then uh, Tuktire, or Tuk, just Tuktuk, um, is the seven year old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I said Kiri already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then Spider, who's kind of like the adopted Tarzan. And Loak's pretty Loak's <laughs> as close as we get to a POV character, I think, yeah. in this movie. Besides centered yeah. around him. Yeah. Yeah. It was because he, he saw himself a lot in Loak, though, right? Like Jake, it was mm-hmm. like young Jake. So he yeah. was trying Second to second kid always making... the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People always forget that Jake Sully was a twin and that his brother was a scientist that was supposed to go to Pandora, but Jake Sully was a like a military dog who did not feel very comfortable or smart or good at things and then you've got loak who's basically that same second son and he's also uh, in a wheelchair yeah he was yeah yeah but that was a result of being uh in the military and being oh was that okay yeah he had gone to venezuela which um is probably a different story later on but yeah okay all right um (laughs) i had trouble yeah remembering the two sons names Mm -hmm. uh because they say the girls names a lot Mm-hmm. They do, yeah. They say Loak a lot too. They, they just refer to each other as bro a lot, and I was yeah. I was upset by that. I was like, They're "What's real- going on here?" <laughs> the bro and the cuz. I was like, "This is strange. We're in Pandora. Why are we saying yeah. bro?" It's so kind of like two po- <laughs> well, there's three points on that one. So why they say bro all the time? One, we're going with the Polynesian kind of experience. Um, if you're kind of familiar with, uh, yeah, think of the way Cork speaks. Okay, He's like, hey, bro, how's it going? You know, yeah. like that's kind of the the vernacular you hear a lot so they're going more with that polynesian aspect two in this first movie we heard them always say brother in navi the word is smook it means sibling and it can be translated as either brother or sister or the non-binary version of either but they always just translated it as brother for the most part or brothers and sisters um and three this was all written in 2013 and it just takes that much 
time to get out. And if anyone remembers what people were talking like back in 2013 through 2016 when they started filming, yeah, it's very much like that. Once they kind of set it on that path, they just kept going. So yeah. Yeah. yeah they they I deleted think- the scene where one of the kids says YOLO and then dab. <laughs> i think that's actually how i felt um largely about the the plot is that it felt outdated uh what what you were just describing vaga was like this this could have really been a hit when you mentioned 2013 i was like yeah it would have been it would have done perfectly then in my mind um with the time and the current events and the the socio-political atmosphere but like right now it just didn't feel like it was taking what is happening around the world into consideration Um, well and and it can't right like they finished filming this movie and the second movie in 2018 like that was when they were done principal photography and it just took two years of them basically doing the the effects and then the pandemic happened and they weren't able to release in december 2020 as were was originally planned so they just kind of kept tinkering with it but they couldn't go back and refilm everything they had already done and start fresh so they were kind of stuck with what they had yeah. I mean, and that's going to feel even more like that in two years when Avatar three comes out. I'm looking. Yeah. Look, I'm looking forward to the next <laughs> one, and I mean, we still have to talk about this one, but it will make sense when the sequel comes out because that's a logical sequel schedule. But it's been so long. I'm like, I'm thrown off personally, and like the idea that, like, yeah, the script was written in the past. Yeah, I could see that. Kind of like, and this is, I'm not comparing Black Adam and this, other than. Black Adam was quote unquote like 15 years in the making, but they, you know, they didn't write a script until like the whole, for the whole 15 years for Black Adam. But like a lot of Black Adam's story and plot was very, like, seemed very outdated. Like the kid in the skateboard. It felt like I was watching a movie in 2012 and I actually kind of liked, it, like, turning my brain off. Black and Adam? Like, ah, just like an old fashioned yeah, superhero Adam. movie. That's what Black Adam felt like to me. Oh, yeah, Black I didn't Adam. like it for that, for that reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> Black Adam was like, it was like a dash of like phase two Marvel meets a dash of uh, Daredevil from 2004. It's like, yeah. it's like, yeah. It was like a nostalgia movie for any, for yeah, Venom also had that it. same effect. Yeah. Venom worked more for me though because of like I liked both of those <laughs> movies actually I, I had from both Venom worked a little bit more because of how ridiculous its humor was where I was like oh it yeah. doesn't matter if this is dated or whatever it's just it's just insane yeah this is just so insane that I don't <laughs> that yeah it exists outside of time um, not to totally backtrack here just because I I kind of skipped over one of the questions a while ago oh yeah uh knowing that Avatar has been coming out for so long. Everyone was like, oh, back in 2013, you first heard about it and you were sort of thinking about it. I have actually been more of a James Cameron fan post Avatar than I was previous. Um, And I was following his career more than I was following Avatar news. So I knew very well that we were like nowhere close to actually having a film yet because I was watching him do his dives to the bottom of the Mariana Trench in 2012. I'm like, this guy's not writing Avatar right now. He's fucking busy, all right? He just built a submarine and now he's touring the world with it because he just created the coolest science of the century. So no, he's busy. Right. <laughs> Avatar will come later. And then instead of doing Avatar, he got into agricultural science and he was working on building sustainable practices. And then he had solar panels installed on the roof of MBS Studios so that everything that he did for Avatar was completely made with renewable energy. And those are just like little news things that just got missed and nobody cared about or didn't notice. 
because it had nothing to do with their own personal entertainment. And I'm like, yeah, because that's not what this movie's about. It's about saving the fucking world. <laughs> do you, you know, do you feel humbly. at that point that James Cameron has too much on his plate that he should have given someone else directorship? No, because no one else could make this movie. Okay. I think that's a direct quote from James Cameron <laughs> that no one else could make this movie. I think so, right? <laughs> did, did he actually? He's willing, he is willing to make, he's willing to let another director, if he can find one that he trusts, do this project. Mm. But I don't imagine. I, it's that. like it's like your baby, though. Like right, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't want to hand this off. To it's like George the, Lucas just being like, "Oh yeah, yeah, someone else could do Star Wars." It took him like six movies before he was willing to let that happen. James Cameron had only made one Avatar film, and this was his baby. He's like, "I've got a story I need to finish telling here before yeah. I can let someone else." I, I don't think anyone else can tell uh, this story. I really let don't. alone can anybody else have the intellect because it's not just like directors where they set up scenes. He is actually holding his 3d camera and going around and filming the thing he is yeah in charge of principles of photography he has right. the entire saga in his brain he is the i'm, I'm sounding like super fangirl over this but I, I i don't know anyone else who is capable of doing that besides an author who is able to create an entire world like you wouldn't have someone else go right now and finish game of thrones you still need george R. R. martin to finish it so well, they tried to finish Game of Thrones in the, in the TV show. Yeah, and they yeah. failed. So yeah. that, if um, you want to use that as an example, yeah. that would is what would happen to the Avatar franchise if someone else was to try and take it over and just tell a story. Yeah. So that's not the point. The point is to well, tell a- the environmental message that James Cameron is trying to push and in the best possible way that the most problematic communities who need to get those messages are actually able to digest it. Nathan? Yeah. I was gonna say there's there's also like that's the there's the creative way in which it's like okay this is his story and no one else can finish it but I also think there's especially from James Cameron's perspective there is a professional technical position from which like it's like there are very few directors like James Cameron who are let's put it bluntly kind of an unforgiving taskmaster of yeah. being able to stay under budget, stay on task, have the answers to all these minute questions. I mean, like he's the guy who there's the famous story of like having the, of like correcting the CGI artists of what he figured was like, no, the 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 um birds in Titanic, they look they look at the wrong shape, size, and are flying at the wrong height. Or it's the like stars. That. That was the Neil deGrasse Tyson who pointed that out, though. And then for the relaunch, he went back and fixed the t- stars in Titanic so that they were actually accurate for what the sky was. But that was like just him being a perfectionist after the fact. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a perfectionist, a taskmaster. He's not afraid of long hours. And when looking to see if another director could come in and do the job, it's this thing of like, okay, are you going to run the ship the way I would run it too? Right. Look, yeah. and 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 also like, yeah, I don't think anyone can do it like James Cameron could. Um. And like his level of innovation is like next level, technically and and whatnot. Um, the only thing I do have to add is George Lucas did uh, the handoff directorship in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Then he took it back for one, two, and three, and then you know the rest is history. But um, that's George Lucas. Uh, yeah, James he's Cameron, Cameron's friends with, and has obviously heard the story of how he felt about that. So it's like. Wait, why would he oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 this is my buddy and he told me he regretted that so yeah i don't know also happened. like ju- just like star wars is george lucas's kind of like brainchild and he created that sandbox of all those characters and the random names and like all that stuff james cameron has avatar uh 
which is his version, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it would make sense that like only he can do it. Um, Faith, there uh, we have a username Faith on YouTube. Uh, 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 I think a fan of yours, Vaga. Uh, ah! Most of the movie was in Navi, but presented to the audience in English. So saying sibling in the Navi language wouldn't make as much sense. So they use some English slang like bro. Another example because... is Loak says butthole instead of the alternative. When captured <laughs> actually, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but that is the like one of the vulgar terms in Navi. If you say butthole, there's a, a word specifically that the Navi use as a as like a vulgar term. They also have like a son of a bitch phrase, but it actually means like child of a poisonous spider kind of thing. So mm. it's not direct <laughs> translations in all these situations. Right. There I think they said butthole because of the rating. Yeah, instead of asshole? Yeah. No, yeah, but then I think the- they said asshole in the movie at the end, like towards the third act or something. Oh. Maybe Jake Sully, Sully did at some point. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that. But then that's why I thought they said butthole because I'm like, oh, they're just trying not to curse in this movie so they can keep the rating. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm waiting for the Navi dubbing to come out on DVD. <laughs> I, I need, I mean, that would be cool. What I need is right. subtitles. I want to be able to read. Not in papyrus font, though. <laughs> if it's not in papyrus, I, how is it? How is it officially Avatar? Oh yeah. my god! So it I also did not watch the so papyrus bad. SNL skit up until I watched oh, that this. Was, <laughs> that's what made it famous, yeah. And what kind yeah. of went off about it? Um, I actually saw an interview recently. I think it was in Variety magazine where the creator of the papyrus font like called James Cameron out on it. He's like, I honestly didn't know. I just thought my graphics design team created something. I didn't know it was just like a natural font. Anyway. That like so what happens, that is what happens when you delegate. All right. People fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but if he's a perfectionist, like use Ariel. That's a safe choice. Like Papyrus? Oh James, my God. James Cameron, so James Cameron would have created his own font though. That's I, the problem. Why, why did we do yeah. that? Why did we end up with Papyrus? As if, but he would have had to be no hands idea. on being like serif or no serif. Sans serif? Serif. What are I'll we say, doing? If here? you have no idea what Papyrus is, that's your first time looking at it. You'd be like, okay, cool. That looks great. So if James Cameron's like, I have never hey, looked listen, at the fonts. In 2009, we're using word art, word art. We all knew what Papyrus was. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's I'm no saying, way. James Cameron, James Cameron in 2009 was developing 3D technology and not on word art. So yeah, James Cameron was, is a child of the 60s who has like lived in the environmental. He was working for NASA back in like the early 2000s. I don't know what you're talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wasn't on word art. Papyrus. Yeah. But some somebody took advantage of knowing that this boomer hadn't ever played with word effects. And... That person's laughing right now. I'm positive. The person that oh. first made this mistake is laughing. Oh, they're they're <laughs> sitting the there bank. like that was one of the easiest, <laughs> yeah. easiest days of work. Um all they had to do, like that that first avatar poster for that movie is so simple. It's like I just took a close-up of their face. <laughs> like I it's not even artistic wise, just like we took character design, I cropped it so it was one half of the character design space, <laughs> papyrus. Yeah. And I made a hundred thousand dollars that day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't have like the budget for a promo is it's I mean, we gotta cut it down. It's like, okay, well, I only got half this person's face done. Perfect. That's all we need. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. Done. Slap papyrus on there, poster complete. Yeah. <laughs> I was originally going to do it with the squiggly wave name, orange <laughs> with some shadow. No, not that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where Dimitri ran, but what was your favorite part of the movie, Shiva? 
Shiv or chivalry? It's just Shiv. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, my favorite part. Um, uh, uh, probably that last action sequence when the whale just flops on the boat. Amazing. Just and once again, a big like moment for the crowd too. So it felt very interactive. But yeah, that was freaking sweet. <laughs> that was yeah. what well, you know it's coming too like yeah. it's like it was oh, in the promo. <laughs> oh i didn't I watch the trailer that, i missed that yeah. moment in the trailer all i knew was as like i was like this whale's gonna come and mess shit up yeah. i don't know how yet <laughs> but any minute what it's was like the next one again uh the tolkoon yeah. okay yeah, that one's name was Piakin. also i don't know if anyone out there is aware but james cameron so another reason why it took so long to make this movie is because he had other projects in addition to being an ocean explorer and an innovator creating the technology necessary for these kind of things he was also making documentary films so he has several other production companies one of them is called earth uh, earthship and there is a docuseries through national geographic called secrets of the whales which sigourney weaver narrates and if you really liked the talcoon and you want to know more about them, just learn about actual freaking whales because that's what they're inspired by. And it's really, really great. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, the the, the, the whales came up in my head yeah. and I'm like, they're dead whales. We're talking about our favorite parts, by the way, Dimitri. Yeah, that's oh, by the whales I was just about to go <laughs> ask you guys about your favorite parts, which is yeah. oh, great, actually. Um, wait, so... Who who said what their favorite part was? I said the whale um, flopping on the ship at the in the third act was one of my favorites. Oh yeah yeah yeah, like that yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. when it's like oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna attack. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not not the the cutting of the arm, just the the huge ship when it because I visually mm. once again that was like oh okay yeah probably one of the most memorable in your mind like I think that just stays with you but yeah yeah um for anyone who cares the huge ship is called the sea dragon. Oh. Yeah, just you know, throwing it yeah. out there. What's uh, your favorite part? Of the well, I was gonna say that, like, I don't know if you guys know this. One of my deep, one of my big fears is deep ocean. Oh, <laughs> and like this must, been, this must have been like thrilling for you to watch them. <laughs> uh, I, I was okay. I was okay up until the shark thing. Uh, and then I was like, oh shit, I would never want to be in that. That's like one of my worst illogical fears. It's like mm -hmm. just like I won't go scuba diving. Um, when the Akula was is... coming for Loak, and then the before the Talcoon hit him, you mean? Yeah. Oh, that shark. Got it. Got so it. That shark. Okay. So, what you're saying is that you're going to turn down <laughs> Disney's offer to do a double feature of Black Panther two and Avatar: Way of Water. You're like, no, that I can't do that double feature. Uh, Black Panther was not scared. Like the the what? I'm not afraid of deep. Oh, I don't know. The the uh, Talo Khan. That's not a problem. It's the sharks <laughs> in the water. It's the Holocaust looks amazing. Holocaust looked amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was so scary. That was amazing. Or is it a fear of sharks? Which one is it? Is it not the, sure. the, it's the it's, darkness. It's like the, the dark. It's the darkness. It's like the expanse of space, but oh, yeah. in water. Right? You don't the know vastness. what's out there. Okay. Yeah. Plus, the pressure is uh, pressure an issue. Or oh is yeah, just... I mean yeah. One of my deep fears would be to get into that submarine and like have it be punctured implode, yeah you know because every uh, every foot of water that you go under that's how much more water pressure is on top of you so the further you go down yeah. like the place uh in the mariana trench the deepest location on earth that james cameron was able to dive to if there had been like a, a problem with his submarine he would have just it, like imploded basically his entire body would have just disintegrated into dust that's how much pressure is there is down there yeah. so 
that's what would have happened. Um, can I, can I recommend happen. you a movie, Dimitri, that uh, you should absolutely live watch? Yes. <laughs> the Abyss. It's the, the one where Cameron developed the technology to shoot well-lit scenes underwater. Like, that's only possible because, actually, a friend of my dad's uh, helped invent these, like, uh, this, these electrically safe lighting rigs and lens setups to, to light under there. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> it's good. a great it's a great movie no i heard you should, live, you, should, you should watch it live uh and talk to your audience about how terrified you are all the time you'd be great um okay but that wasn't your favorite part though that was like no. your least favorite part what was your favorite uh, part uh my favorite part oh man now i'm trying to think of uh what my favorite uh part in this nathan do you know yours I so yes, I do know mine. I'll get we'll give him a chance to think. My first answer was the the whale, actually. But to be interesting, I'll say my second favorite part um was actually the moment where Sigourney Weaver's character, um, whose name I'm blanking on the child or her Gary. teen character. Yeah. When Katie. she's lying What's her name? in the shower. Oh, the Kiri. Oh. When when Kiri, oh, Kiri. is yeah. lying in the shallow water just looking at the hole in the sand. I was like, this is the most interesting character. This person's fascinating. And then when she starts getting bullied and stands up and can't be bothered, it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm going to keep walking. It's her, the brothers get pissed off and they start fighting. She's like, I don't care. Like this did not hurt my feelings to be called weird. Like I'm fine. I love her so much. Yeah. I was like, this, that moment's amazing. Yeah, TikTok has already like held on to her for months. Like I have a whole just little fan base of people who are like, there was not enough Carrie in this trailer. I'm like, I know, we'll see more of her. Don't worry. We're already there, she, all team Sigourney in all things. <laughs> yeah, my my I in my review of the movie, I was like, this there are a few characters who are really interesting, her and the the younger brother. I was like, we do not get nearly enough of her. Every time the camera is on her, you're like, this person is fascinating. What is her deal? And then yeah. at, right right at the moment, you think you're going to get a little bit more of her, it cuts to somebody boring like Spider. And you're like, well, they, they, look, <laughs> it's not his fault that I don't care, but I do not care. I like, don't, they could have said Spider turned evil or Spider died. <laughs> I, I did like, like when Spider took out like all the people and, and he just started going at it with the fire extinguisher. Yeah. You know, that was exciting. And like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't hate the kid. I was, I was very much in a whatever happens to you, I'm not emotionally invested in which direction your story goes. Yeah, so if he had turned in, if he had become evil at the end, I would have been like, that's okay, that's the yeah. choice. But if he had, <laughs> if he had died, I would have been like, that's all right, whatever. Yeah. Like whichever thing they did, I was okay with it. I seem to be a very neutral character who's meant to be like, yeah, I have all of this kind of baggage. There's the, the life that I want to live. There's the life that I've been born into. And then there's the choice between them. And that's something that I think most audience members will be able to identify with because you don't always make the best decisions, dreadlocks, uh, but there are uh, Ooh, body stripes. Lessons, yeah. There are lessons <laughs> to learn and there is the ability to, to grow from every lesson that you encounter. And I think something like that really needs to just kind of settle in with people that it's okay to take time and to learn you don't have to learn everything all at once as long as you make the better choice in the end right but I don't I don't feel like his character was ever really torn like personally watching it like he was he was helping them a little bit but I always felt like he was very comfortable like no I'm still on the side of you know Sully's family and the people and like I felt like they the the only real thing he was conflicted with with was 
whether to help his dad even a little or dad's clone even a yeah. little bit and then yeah. whether or not to let the dad die but as far as which side he wanted to be on yeah. i felt like that was never a conflict for him okay i mean the okay. most conflicted he was is that like when he's translating for the other islanders who are being tortured and burned and uh, yeah. And he's still like in that scene, it's obvious that he's on their side and yeah. it's like it's and he's only helping the the adults because they've got guns and yeah. they had, he had no had other way to right. help. Yeah. 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 Right. There was there never seemed to be a part where he was like, Oh, maybe I want to go team Marine. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> no. I didn't think he was ever like, gonna turn bad. No, no. What I like about his character is that I think a lot of sorry, younger audience members will also very much be able to gen- uh, identify with him as a like the Gen Z who have whatever the boomer parents, boomer grandparents who are still very much stuck in their yeah. ways and are still driven in this like fuck the government. I want to make all the money, like comfortability is everything to me. It's like um, I still want to live on this planet in fifty years. You're about to die, and I'm still here. So let's start paying attention. You know. You know, that's a great point. He's kind of represents this like harsh generational divide of it's like, hey. I don't hate you older generation, but I hate everything you stand for. And that, yeah, that's a great point. I guess I would want to see more of his actual thoughts if that was the case, if that's what he's supposed to represent. Because yeah, of course I can glean that from analyzing his character, but like we just didn't really get enough to to really help, like other than him trying to be Navi and, and being blue and having the dreadlocks, like there wasn't really that sense of like, this is my planet. I must save it. It was more so this is Jake Sully's family. We must save them. So like, maybe that's where the misconstruing happened, but like, I would have loved if that was the case, but I feel like we're just jumping to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think we'll see more of that later on. This is also, I'm gleaning this from multiple interviews and just kind of knowing the direction that it's intended sure. to go. There's graphic novels on the side that show a little more insight into his character. And, uh, and I think that's something we'll see a little more exposed As, along with Kiri's character. She's obviously going to be a big, yeah. um, have a lot of growth in the next couple films. So the last film is uh, tentatively titled The Quest for Awa. So I think we'll see uh, a lot more of her kind of connection to that Awa spirit throughout the next three films. At the, um, at the, the screening that I went to, um, they had John Landau, who's the one of the producers. Executive had, producer. Yeah. Uh, then he had they had Sam Worthington and um, 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 Horwich, uh Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang. Uh, and awesome. What's up? Yeah. That's, that's so cool. awesome. <laughs> that they were there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was mostly cool. it was mostly John Landau uh, talking. Um, and answering questions and then the two of them seemed very tired because I think it was the night it was the day after the premiere the that Vaga yeah. went to yeah. so they were I mean they, probably... that, they would have just they would have just done Korea Tokyo like that would be the very end of their whole thing they started in London a week before that like yeah. they would have just been in they all seem the different tired. time zones uh, yeah. but they did mention that like they have 95 percent of avatar 3 filmed so it's just post-production stuff is what they said something like that and they have the first act they either said first act or first third of avatar 4 filmed yeah they finished all that back in well 2020 when they just or when they finished when they could go back to filming they finished that all up before the kids would age out 
Um, yeah. So, and then there's a time jump in Avatar 4 that'll go ahead about six years. So mm. the theory is that might be when there's a transition to Earth, because that's about how much time it would take for them to travel between the two planets, or, well, technically Pandora's a moon, but that's the time difference between I think they'll come one to location. Earth. Because oh. eventually they've got to save Earth, because it's still a save the planet thing. Yeah. Um, so James Cameron has straight up said that in Avatar 5, there will be action on Earth. So we'll, we'll see it at some point. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. My, I think my favorite part of the movie is anything to do with the whale. What's his name? Payakan. Sorry? Payakan. Payakan. Okay. All right. Uh, I liked, I think he was, might have been my favorite character. Favorite character. <laughs> He's a great awesome. character. Because he goes Fantastic. through an arc. Right. Yeah. Well. Well. Very well written. He has <laughs> well secrets. Well. He has. He has priorities. He's got all of <laughs> he the has trauma. He's got, and pain. He's got loyalty. Yeah. yeah. The lie the character believes. He saves the cat right after he he's introduced. Like he has all of the telltale beats of a great character. He saves the cat. That in screenwriting, when you introduce a character shortly after introducing, usually a oh. protagonist. The save the cat is the thing that the character does shortly after being introduced that is like this kind, good gesture that the audience then says, oh, we like this character. We'll be on their side. Aladdin is a great example of him giving the bread to the the starving child and mom nearby. And in this case, it's him. The first time we see him, he's saving uh, the brother from the the shark. shark. Yeah. Yeah. Nakula, and it's actually the Russian word for shark. Okay. Um, that character though goes through an arc, right? Like what his story is that he's got a revenge story too. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember the same revenge story. No, but his species doesn't react in anger. But then he he rounded a bunch of them to attack, and then they all died. So then he was outcast. Yeah, so he's got a redemption story kind of almost in there, but the the but Kaina is still kind of a, against him because he still broke their own laws and oh, so good yeah. I'm glad you guys like him <laughs> he has this lie that he believes at first that because he's an outcast of shame and is under and we we sort of meet him in this place where he is feeling shameful and guilty for what he's done but he actually overcomes that by the end to realize that no he made the right choice in the first place some people must choose violence to defend what they love and so that his arc is accepting this thing about himself to make this choice to protect others and to defend. Is that the right choice though? I think that's part of the dialogue that's meant to arise out of it, isn't I, it? Like what is right is violence. I really enjoyed the lesson that they were trying or almost attempting to put in there that like no violence, no matter how justified is always going to beget more violence. So I mean, always beget more violence, but other sometimes otherwise there is no path. There is no path to freedom except for a violent choice, even if it begets more violence, I think is the is well, something very that it might have been saying. Human perspective and uh, easy for us to say at this point in time without the uh, the idea of future and oh, no. uh, of, a, of a possibility where we get to a future where peace can actually exist. But I, at this I point, wasn't meaning to say that yeah. as a definitive truth. I was meaning to say that okay. as that's what I was gleaning from the arc of the whale, gotcha. that it was this thing, there's the choice of... Um, to, in order to save this family and in order to save the, the people being hunted, this it was this choice of one thing can do this, one thing can turn the tides, and it's this the same uh, the same choice that he had made before. 
Yeah. Uh, I'll keep my nuanced in real world uh, uh, opinions to myself then. Um, <laughs> with uh, the whale, uh, the whale in the thing uh, did choose violence at the end to save everybody, right? Like, yeah. he didn't eat anyone. He did it spectacularly. <laughs> he didn't eat anyone, right? No, he didn't eat anyone because they're been, well, they eat fish, but um, yeah. no, he didn't eat anyone. He just, totally destroyed the sea dragon yeah so that all of their vessels completely crashed yeah yeah that was great yeah and that guy lost his arm yay again (laughs) he wrapped the tethers around and then just pulled i hate that guy i don't want him to come back i'm done with him that's he's a good villain he was in game of thrones too Oh yeah. Is isn't yeah. he also in um uh the gentleman? Is that the same actor who's the oh. now I have to look him up? Yeah, um, I haven't seen him in a while. Brandon sent something or other. The I can't remember. The name. Twitch audience what? is turning on us. They're revolting. Uh-oh. No, they're not Why? revolting. Um uh no, but I, uh Tenna did bring up a question earlier and then I brought up that I was gonna bring it up and I forgot about it, and then they called me out for forgetting. Um gotcha. so uh Basically, the question is, does Pandora have seasons uh, or like winter? And then somebody, yep. oh, and then Rave Babe says it would be cool to see how the Navi dress in colder temperatures. Yeah, uh, we are we are going to see them at some point. They are definitely different biomes throughout Pandora. It is a moon, very, uh, unlike Earth, where our planet, because we orbit a sun, where yeah. Pandora orbits the gas giant Polyphemus. But like Earth, it also has an axial tilt. Theirs is okay. 29 degrees. Ours is 23.4. So their tropic zone is larger than ours. So uh, on either side of the equator, they have 29 oh. degrees latitude um, of consistently warm weather because it's at a 29 degree axial tilt in relation to their sun. Where uh, So Earth, like in our tropic zone, that's where a lot of our world global population is or what we now call the global south. Um, that's really heating up these days because we've got the extra layer of carbon dioxide and that's just act- adding with the greenhouse effects. Anyway, up around the polar regions, that also still constitute um, constitutes colder climates. And so there is a transitional zone. It's just not as big as if it would be on Earth because they have a larger tropic. But we will be seeing those winter climates. Also, their polar zones do not have land on them. They have a lot of land on their moon um, because of quite a bit of volcanic activity, but their polar regions are just free-floating ice. So there's actually areas where they could go directly underneath these massive ice caps. Huh. And there are Navi who live in those biomes. When did they, when did they say that? Was it the the like this, in interviews in the is, comics and stuff? This is super nerd lore. This is like I read the special um Pandorapedia thing word for word and like the extra books and the science of Avatar and those kind of things and yes there are interviews where James Cameron says specifically that we will explore all the biomes and there are Navi in everyone. Okay. Will it be frustrating or will you feel in any way portrayed as a fan if they make editorial changes to those biomes in the movies like if it hits movie three or four and they're like yeah we decided that it didn't quite work like that because we wanted to do something else um not entirely i mean i'm also in communication with the people who write the lore so um, i tend to get a little bit of a heads up whether or not something like that's gonna go down like i knew pandorapedia was about to switch over and they took a lot of um the old 2009 like crazy in-depth lore off and now it's a little more streamlined for newer younger audiences to be able to just get the snippet information um 
but no, I, I wouldn't be upset if they retconned anything. Um, however, I do know that a lot of it will just continue that way because it was built to look and behave a lot like Earth. The entire point of this film and this franchise is to act as a metaphor for the human existence that we have already passed through and try and find a way and a road for us as a species to get our way out of it on an environmental um, level. So that's the, that's the goal, basically. Let's just motivate humanity to save its own skin. Um, I want to talk about the uh, the the water tribe, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I do, um, basically in the in the audience, they're asking like, what would they wear in a colder climate? But I feel like it would just be like us. They would use animal yeah. hide. Some yeah. animals anytime, have fur. Utilize yeah. that. Anytime you have questions like that, um, think what indigenous cultures have done before. Um, like the capitalist society really evolved. So if you want to explore those ideas for yourself, the whole idea of this film is also to inspire passion-based learning. James Cameron has like a whole side project where he's built like a virtual school, which is uh, dedicated to passion-based learning on a plant-based diet. So uh, it's called Muse Global if you're ever interested. But yeah, if you have a question like that, go and explore Earth indigenous culture and try and find the inspiration that James Cameron would have looked to. So, cause a lot of um, the Polynesian experiences that we're seeing on the screen right now through the Metcaina are there being inspired by the Maori and the Filipino and the, uh, just the entire Austronesian area and those cultures that have evolved over 10,000 years pre-colonial age. So look into those and then see if you can guess and create some headcanon theories. And I guess we'll find out in a couple of movies. Yeah. Uh the Mekaina were interesting. Um their 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 limbs were a little different, their tails were a little different. They had little little wrist things. Um, They're called strakes. Sorry? Strakes is what they named them. They're basically like a like a muscular appendage that evolved over time because it gave them a better advantage in the water. And that's just how yeah. evolution happens, really. Yeah. Um uh I liked the the Mekaina. Uh Shiv having because you had this weird avatar sandwich uh that you kind of did uh how'd you how'd you like the metcaina uh, i thought it was really interesting to, to see like a different uh terrain and um i personally love anything to do with water uh which is why i really like black panther as well uh so like seeing a lot of those underwater scenes and how they live and adapt and uh forage for stuff was a really interesting like comparison to uh what we see in the first movie um what i didn't love is kate winslet playing um <laughs> the uh right. chieftain's right. wife yeah. yeah um uh and i mean they <laughs> they cast cliff curtis as uh um, yeah. as the the chief which is great um cliff yeah. curtis notoriously has a very varied like roles in hollywood as ethnically ambiguous but he is maori uh uh from New Zealand um and but like he plays everything in Hollywood but like yes famous uh Polynesian actor Cliff Curtis and Kate Winslet like <laughs> she's you know uh I don't this know is no offense to Kate Winslet yeah. I mean other than taking the role yeah. I guess and not giving the opportunity to someone else but yeah. um I I just I didn't understand the rationale you know and I think that really upset me 
finding out that there also was not a ton of indigenous people within that tribe, because that is a correction that a course correction they could have made from the first movie of not including. There's, there's definitely a lot of indigenous people in, in the Metcaina. It's filmed in New Zealand and most of the supporting cast are Maori. Um, Aonong is a Filipino Canadian and Roko I guess in the main cast Maori is what I'm saying though, right? Because oh, everyone okay. only looks at the main cast. It's like voice acting for yeah. animated films, right? Okay. Like, what's drawing the people into the theaters for voice acting movies is because these big blockbuster stars are voicing Super Mario Brothers movies now, you know, like that's what's going to get people into those seats, unfortunately, right? Like we are going because we love Nintendo. That's a different story. But like, for the most part in Avatar, you find out who is voicing these cast members, who are the people that are on the carpets. That's another big deal, right? And even if some Indigenous people do show up on the carpets, most of the people that are in the pictures and that are putting out press images are mostly white passing people. So then where where is the narrative for those indigenous people that are a part of the cast that I would love to see get that facial recognition that these people are getting? The, the interesting thing that um, Hollywood has been wrestling with for the last like five or six years has been the realization that putting those you know, famous, recognizable white names and faces isn't driving as much ticket sales as it used to be. So that logic, like, it makes, like, we all know that that's why Chris Pratt, for example, is in um, Mario. It's this idea of, oh, you need to get a big name, a la Robin Williams in Aladdin, and that's going to push a lot of the, the traffic. But a lot of the trends we actually see with um, ticket buying over the last decade would be that, no, Mario's going to do well anyway and like look at sonic one and two i i i know who the actor is who plays sonic but i also know yeah i know that no one else really does i know that that's not selling what i I mean general audiences don't know it's been short general audiences don't care they care that it's sonic and the same is probably going to be true for the super mario thing because ip sells and the realization is that for this movie uh the ip of avatar is really what's going to put butts in seats not necessarily kate winslet but there's still that the, the two things that really that continue to put white privilege above what the fast basically they have this the new model that they learned post fast and the furious was that representation pushes box office and they still are like slow to implement that as much as they should but the two philosophies that will get them to continue to choose the white privilege of the established white actor are one their resume it's this idea of like well they've already you know she's titanic how how can we not pick her and then the other is the lingering producers who think well you know i'd rather have that name that i recognize even if it's not really going to push anything so yeah that's the logic but the thing is they probably would have made the exact amount same amount of money if they'd cast somebody indigenous yeah right i agree it would have been nice if there was actually representation but there are things i have to remind myself when i when i first saw that kate winslet was brought on for it i again i wasn't really paying attention to avatar until the trailer came out in may i was like oh my box opened um but those casting decisions were made in like 2015 and they weren't really made by a group of people. It was just James Cameron called Kate Winslet and said, Hey, do you want to do this thing? We haven't worked together in 20 years. And she was like, yeah, the last time we worked together, I was a child and you were an angry asshole. Let's see how we've grown. And then she learned to hold her breath for over seven minutes underwater. So it's, I I agree it would have been better, but on the other side of that, I also have to argue with myself because that's how my brain works that 
when the ultimate goal of this film is to reach the most pro problematic audience and to have them get the environmental message and to have them stop over consuming and demanding plastic products and and mining and all of the terrible things that have been happening to the environment when you're trying to reach that audience why wouldn't you get people who look like them and thus they are more receptive to to, to what's the word uh to resonating with because that is the more likely outcome opposed to when they put an indigenous person i agree that representation 1000 matters and it would be better in that situation however i was not thinking that way in 2018 i don't know that most of hollywood was uh well there, there's a couple levels to it so spider maybe you can make the argument for spider being white dreadlocks whatever but spider white but kate winslet's face was never shown and so yeah. I think it's interesting. And like, like all, like the only, th the only reason I knew Kate Winslet was in this movie wasn't even from the credits or the marketing or anything. It was like random things I heard about, like her holding her breath for like seven minutes and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then also, I feel like the problematic population isn't like, you know, who I really want in this Avatar movie, Kate Winslet. I'll what are you talking something. about? Titanic is still like a global phenomenon in like white culture. Like, look at fucking TikTok. La, 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 la. Yeah. Like, it's still but making I, these sound clips go around the world. So, I understand the point that you're making, though, Dimitri, is yeah. it's, it's, does the, does the problematic group of people going into the movie actually know Kate Winslet is there and in that role? Right. Right. And I, I look, I just buy it as James Cameron wanted to work with. Somebody he worked. Somebody he was already with. familiar yeah. with. Yeah, she, and she's an award-winning actress who wouldn't. And want who to knows? Work with right. yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. that I mean, that's first. Second, I'm, though, is that why couldn't did... she play like? Sorry, sorry. No, she could have played someone else. In the end, <laughs> yeah. I understand. He chose to work with Kate was again because he worked with her and like he knows her, but he chose that over casting someone who might have been a better fit for that role. Maybe you write a better role for Kate Winslet and like continue yeah. working with her. I guess it's not anti-Kate Winslet. I think it's anti-Kate really Winslet feel, in that role. I feel bad because people, uh, I don't want to say that there's like the confirmation bias, but there, there's like blinders on when you're only looking for the the problematic white people. I mean, we exist. I'm right here. I'm not, I hope I'm not problematic, but I, I could easily be since I'm trying to defend this situation. But um, when you're looking for that, they're often missing all the other people who are going in behind the scenes or who are characters. Like we've got, uh, this, the same thing happened with Avatar, where CCH Pounder, uh, Wes Studi, and mm. Lazo Alonzo were like the three main characters, but nobody would tell you that they had Black or Indigenous characters on that cast. But I'm like, um, hello, Moat, Etukan, and Sute. And they're like, I don't remember anybody's name. I'm like, oh, they are the main characters. What are you fucking talking about? This is a fantastic film, and representation is there. And for 2009, that was like the step up at that point we didn't have those kind of cast back then so i mean then look at the first two phases of marvel for example that came out after that and it still was a lot of white and a lot of yeah. problematic people and it took a decade and 13 years later we've got a movie with a similar diverse casting but again people are just only looking for what they well, want to see i don't think it's a matter I, i'll take a little bit of issue with that uh, respectfully because I don't think it's just a matter of what they're looking for. I think it's a matter of front center because I wasn't looking for that going into the movie. But I'll say that 
it I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a comparison. Yeah, go for um, it. That I'm gonna uh, when we're looking back at uh, movies from like the 1920s, 30s, 40s, Al Jolson, huge. I just saw huge a TikTok performer. on Al Jolson today. Did and you? Yeah, which but I was re- I actually saw it and I was reading about him not too long ago. Like I was oh. some something for him in the zeitgeist. But Al Jolson was a very complicated figure who was helping a lot of people call behind the scenes while also being in blackface and doing minstrel routines oh, and the thing is, is when you see it's like i'm not going to be able to see past the blackface to see all of the other good things you're doing because it's right there in front of me gotcha. and it's not that I, I don't have to look for the blackface it's right there and in regards to this kate winslet role like i love kate winslet and i love the story of him getting um, this uh, actress he's worked with before. I love that story behind it. I, I defend the idea that he wanted to work with her. I defend that hmm. she's there. But like my immediate thought goes, okay, you wanted to work with Kate Winslet again? Uh, boost the role of the general and cast her as that general. Who's the general? Uh, yeah, Eddie Falco. Yeah, she would have been oh. amazing as that general. Oh, yeah. Like, I, like it. I like Eddie Falco too, but like she could have been That's that exactly general. There is a role she there. Would, would recast, yeah. No, it's a great point. Sorry, yeah, what did she say? I, I, when you were t- originally talking about and, and Kate Winslet could have played another character, that's the first character I would have put her as. I she gets a, yeah. I mean, it's a villain character, so maybe that's why he didn't want to do it because she's a beloved actress, and maybe yeah. he didn't want to paint her in that light. But like once again, I mean, what did you yeah. see the villain in the in the in uh, what's that? Uh, what was the movie? It was like another teen why uh, movie. Um, the 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 divergent. Divergent. Yeah, she yeah. was a villain in that one. Yeah. And I'll yeah. say, I found out Kate Winslet was playing that role because out in the in the parking lot of the movie, I'm like, oh, who was the actress who plays the who played that role? And I it was Kate Winslet. I went, oh no, like, <laughs> it wasn't. I didn't need to look for. It. I was like, that's blue faced. There's something about this that was wrong. Like this is not okay. The uh, I also too thick. <laughs> I was going to say when when you were talking about like the indigenous characters that aren't getting that recognition that's exactly my point though like I wish that this is like not a viewer thing that we're looking for like I really wish it was more of like the press's priority to I put agree. their faces the out there. I agree the press is like, really failing in and they did with the first movie too is I just felt like the press aspect of everything is and again that's all the Disney side of things and I don't want to you know Disney um yeah, no, why not? It's in Disney. They can, they should be doing better. And uh, yeah, but I don't know. This is, this, a lot of this could just be my brain trying to make sense of why these choices are being made. And I could very easily be wrong. In my perspective, I like to think the idea is try and get to the audience that they're trying to hit that message with the most. And that's why there's kind of like this whiteout press campaign, mm. but I wish it wasn't that way. I, I wish we were I, in the just, better I feel world like already. we can't use that as an excuse, unfortunately, because of the, yeah. the fact that it's 2022. Like, it, it would be fine if we were talking about 2013. Like, how I mentioned, yeah. that's also what about this film that feels really outdated is that, like, you gotta you gotta up the press then to, like, make yeah. sure we're representing it accurately so that you get more butts in the seats. Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't people that are Indigenous want to see themselves represented through these characters, right? Like, the Maori cast that you've heard interview they are like super excited that they've been able to have their culture raised to the standard that they're on a sci-fi level now it's like not only are we there and we're on both sides of it too because they have um mallory actors acting on behalf of the rda we got like um 
stunt Mallory is his name on Instagram. I can't remember his real name, mm. but he's like the big guy in the boat who doesn't get his arm cut off. Um, but he's Mallory too. Um, and so, yeah. I, I, there's also another level kind of separate than this that tends to be, cause as like a science fiction fan for like my whole life, um, but also being Brown, they, they do a thing in science fiction. It's a trope in like every science fiction where it's, you cast a white face, but you, and then you do cast diversely, but put them in makeup. It's, it's across the board. You see it in guardians of the galaxy. It's the Zoe Saldana effect. It's, I mean, it, but it existed before that. Like, yeah, like, it did. It did. But that's poor, poor girl. I feel like that's every other movie she's in. Mm. Oh yeah. 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 Um, well, she's also a little upset that like, yeah, she's been, she's like playing these characters, but she's not getting much further than that. Um, but even in like Star Trek and the next generation and Star Trek is, is, is pretty, uh, you know, forward thinking, um, in a lot of the stuff, uh, in the next generation, black actor plays Worf, who's a Klingon. So that's makeup. Then you have Jordy LaForge, who has a visor, visor. which isn't Where makeup. The, yeah. It isn't makeup, but it's not a front, it's not a it's not a full face. But you have Picard, you have Riker, you have Deanna Troy, you have Wesley Crusher, you have Beverly um Crusher. Yeah. Beverly the, Crusher. Yeah. Um that are all white characters with no nothing on their face like nothing um so it's a constant thing in in science fiction to put people of color behind makeup so it's it's i don't know it's just kind of uh it's another layer pun not intended but also (laughs) it can be intended also in a strange way a a layer in which the last movie did better than this one because it had the um the Oh man, Hispanic actress whose name I'm blanking. Oh, on. Uh, 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 Michelle um, Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. They also had corporal fresh, fights. Fresh in like my they, mind. There are other characters. They just they're not the big names, and so they're often the ones who are who, who people forget because yeah. it's easier for human minds to attach itself to the the highlighted objects. But when you're a super nerd like me, I'm like, what are you guys fucking talking about? Like, let me list the cast yeah. for you. And yeah, know. they're they're not given an e- they're not given a weighted screen time too and that's and that's a valid thing that like it's like that's that's part of the that's part of representation is it's not just a can you find it in a where is waldo game but is it getting the same is it getting the same time on the stage so to speak yeah well because i mean there's characters in star wars that are people of color but they're background characters and they're given names but it's not it's not the same as mace windu and lando did you know there's a South Asian character in this um, movie? In this movie? Yeah. Who? He's the guy that's um, Noah. Noah is the, the guy from the first movie, right? The tall dude. This, I don't know what his role is. Wait, who? Sorry. Does this sound right? Noah, the one that... Scientist. Oh, oh. The best. <laughs> the... Oh, Max Patel. Is that who you're talking about? Um, I'm talking... There's two guys that in the beginning of the movie are like side by side and they... Oh, yeah, they the two scientists. Yes, they are scientists then. Okay, yeah, I didn't want to mis- mispronounce if they were or not, but um, I think his name is Dilip Rao, the actor's yep. name. Mm. That's yeah. him, and his name was actually changed to Patel because he was East Indian. He was just like a random white character originally, and then um, James Cameron cast him. He's like, let's change your name so that you're actually being represented. Mm. 
I forget. I forgot about them. But yeah, they're, both of those I mean, super know. small role, very yeah. insignificant, essentially. Yeah. Small but yes, in this yeah. one, but um, Philip Rao, <laughs> or, sorry, whatever. Um, Billy Brow has said that he has a bit more of an arc in the later sequels. So we'll see okay. more of him. Yeah. Well, that, that's. Nathan. I was just gonna say that's another thing about this movie is just there's so many characters and like there there are three or four distinct storylines we kind of follow. Yeah, and if that weren't the case, we could probably get more time for uh, highlighting these things. Yeah, it's a lot of setup and um, some. But things... I, th I do think it'll pay off more in the next yeah. two. Some things get solved in this movie, and some things don't. Like what are what are the big um loose threads that I mean that we see going forward, like unsolved stuff. Like there was one where Kiri, they said if you plug her in one more time into that thing, <laughs> she'll die. And I was expecting in this movie, like she's gonna plug herself in. But no, I think it's gonna be in a later one, right? That's actually my yeah. favorite part of the movie is when um Nikiri kicks. Max and Norm out of the tent is like, get out! You have done nothing. <laughs> oh, because they're the scientists, and it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, just classic, classic epilepsy. That's classic frontal lobe action. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, this is a great example that yes, Western medicine has all the doodads, and we have ideas of what we understand, but that does not negate the fact that indigenous culture and indigenous medicine has a different perspective that might be worth learning about and yeah. that is what i'm really hoping that we see carry forward because that is very much being set up as part of Kiri's storyline that she doesn't just have like some brain defect that there is yeah. something else going on and um i think that's something that a lot of and as, as a science person myself uh it's like yeah remember that indigenous culture is not necessarily uh primitive quote unquote but it is it's just different it's just different right. And I mean, it's exacerbated in this movie by Earth science versus like what works on Pandora. Well, right? that's just it. But I mean, that's the comparison between Western medicine and and indigenous medicine and Chinese medicine and like ancient practices. Um, I mean, yes, some have been disproven over the years. We have. I'm not saying that all things have um, empirical data to support them, but that doesn't mean that we don't also have the ability to take a step back and learn from what those cultures have already experienced because there are times where data is able to support that information. We just haven't put the money into those studies yet. Yeah, yeah. I have to cut out early guys. I'm so sorry, but it's, it's been wonderful meeting everybody and talking. Uh, Nathan, real quick, where can we find you online? Uh, both Instagram and TikTok at The Favoring Wind. That's the best place to find me. Okay, awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Nathan, uh, for coming on. Thank you for having me. And it's nice to meet everyone. You as well. All you right, I'll talk to that? everybody with bye. I'll talk to everybody when the next movie comes out. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You leaving? Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh with with this, yeah, we we had a couple of like loose threads. Shiv, do you remember any loose threads? that were in this the, movie the Korich situation yeah <laughs> like what's gonna happen with that I mean I know he had that line where he's like 
you know, I'll find you forever, basically, no matter. So um, personally, I don't really want to see that continue. Um, if I'm being selfish here, I would love to see more focus on the conservationism and like this dude without the arm hunting, because I think that that's obviously like so much more applicable to like current state of affairs in terms of our environment. Oh, for sure. Um, and I'm just a little bit over this whole colonization uh, thing. I know that's always going to be this underlying plot. So we're right? colonized and yet Western... <laughs> civilization <laughs> continues to you know destroy civilizations with mining of course. practices and yeah of course, so, of course. Yeah. yeah and i and i don't think it's gonna go anywhere but i just don't need it to be the a plot like i can't we can't yeah. have another movie that does the same edie falco except replace her with someone else now you know like i just don't want to see that again i feel like it's not moving the story forward or it's even if it does bring us to another part of pandora i don't think it's like the best choice um and i just really wish that we got that expansion of this one little tube this guy was holding because i was like i have so many questions about that you know Wait, what's like, the one little tube he was holding the the, the anti-aging which yeah. I, was, I was already like i have more questions now anti-aging like what are we just going to be immortal now forever yeah. like what's well, going to happen rich people would be right yeah yes they would and yeah. and are currently working on it. If you if you don't pay attention to like what science is working on these days, that's very much something that they are attempting to do. So oh, for sure, and makes sense. Also, I'm not a rich. Huge <laughs> thing that happens in science fiction a, a lot is just, yeah. you know. I mean, we're all we're all dying in our normal time, but they you know yeah. Um, I'm they, very much they'll looking live forward for regarding Korich's uh, arc. Is I expect this was kind of like all right, they're reseating him in this new body. So we have to like reground this character to make sure that he's still kind of who he was, but now there's going to be more growth to his character. And I think a bit more evolution of the idea of what consciousness really is, because we are an amalgamation of our body, the neurons that are able to pick up the sensory information around us. And then our brains basically compute that into our personality. And that's partially um, what we have going on with our genetic aspect, but a part of it is also the cultural awareness around ourselves. So our consciousness is not like some otherworldly thing. It is just a summation of everything we have ever experienced up to this point, both on a microscopic level and on a, a macroscopic level. Are we are we seeing now, that Quaritch is becoming different? Because he it's a yeah. it's not a younger it's version of himself. No, it's just it's, his yeah. memories implanted in this mm -hmm. body, right? Right. So she's saying that he's got ability his ability to grow and, and learn no, from yeah. these people. Yeah. And he'll be able to hopefully make different choices. Right. Will he well, feel hopefully. connected to this moon that he's technically more of than he is yeah, in sure. memory, right? So yeah. And yeah. also spiders growth alongside with that and, and their relationship forming. Like I do think that's necessary <laughs> because I didn't really love spiders uh, situation in this movie. So I'm hoping that there's yeah. some also redemption for him. But um, I think that was a big loose thread because that's the last thing we see is him saving him you know um, i hated it and <laughs> I, I i was like let him die don't do it don't but it's i mean it's the human part of him you know like you just there's there's an emotional attachment there still right like mm -hmm. i don't know <sighs> yeah they couldn't let him die obviously and then part of this film is also like james cameron wanted to make a movie where they went underwater so i agree that having court should kind of like go after him for no reason i'm really excited to or a collector's extended edition to come out in a year from now on DVD, because I expect some sort of additional scene in there that will make that make a little more sense, opposed to just like James Cameron wanted to make a movie underwater. And of course we needed conflicts. So the bad guy had to follow him there for some reason, but I feel like there's gotta be something else. Yeah. Maybe I hope if there's not whatever, but that's like, 
Um, That's just disgusting. Kenna says, where's Parker? What does that mean? Who's Parker? Oh, Parker Selfridge is the guy who uh, Giovanni Ribisi played in the first movie. He's oh. the guy who was like the golf club. Yeah. Um, we barely saw him in this. He kind of like told us what it was just in the video. Was. Yeah, he explained the recom situation. He's on Earth. Um, and when we see him, we will also see Michelle Yeoh because I think she's on Earth too. Nice. Is Michelle yeah. Yeoh in the first movie? No, she wasn't in this one. I think she's in the so third movie. <laughs> the, the original screenplay that was supposed to be this movie got split into two. So Avatar 2 and 3 were originally supposed oh. to be one story, but it was just like 20 hours long. Yeah. So they yeah. split it up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll t- I mean, at least, I mean, James Cameron's doing better than than Zack Snyder when he yeah. does his four hour. Well, fucking Zach, why is it that, that bar is, is so low if we're comparing yeah. Zack Snyder to James Cameron? What? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm, gi- I'm I'm giving I'm giving James Cameron credit that he's not Zack Snyder. So no, well, no, I, I know that. I know that. I, <laughs> I I hope no one I hope no one is Zack Snyder though. Yeah. Just well, for, for yeah. Zack Snyder, because like I feel uh, or like I've heard that he's a good person. I just hate his bros. I hate his bros so much. Oh, I couldn't even give a shit about the bros. To me, it's just the slow motion. Like his, oh, yeah. his story lines are better, or better than Joss Whedon at least. Yeah. Um, and the, his direction style, but it's it's the constant slow motion that I'm like, okay, let's just shave this down. Let's just put it in regular speed, and we'll be done. At, we'll be out of here in an hour earlier. You know? Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I just like his bros because even though Zack Snyder could just just be mediocre. But lo- raising his level up to Messiah, that's his bros, you know? Oh, okay. Like his bros raise him. And then like, you could just leave him at like a C-list director and that's yeah. okay. But James Cameron know. used to have bros, you know, back in like the Terminator days. Oh. But these days he's vegan. So his bros abandoned him and oh. we're better off. Yeah. It's a, it's a good fandom over here now. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, what do we what do we uh what do we want not what will happen in avatar three four five but what do we want do we have some big wants as we close up this podcast episode and and kind of wrap everything up i would like to see a scene that is actually in the graphic novels but i don't know will actually take place in the movies Mm -hmm. if anyone wants a little bit of spoilers for the graphic novels there's an interquel in the storyline called avatar the high ground where the Navi actually fight in space. So that's just the sci-fi nerd in me wanting to see freaking bow and arrows going at some rocket ships. And it's pretty cool. In in, like in the vacuum of space? They practice like just outside the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. Um, Really good on, really good on the page. (laughs) Yeah. I want to, I do want to read the, the, the comics of it. Um, Yeah. John Landau said that the comic was the original second script. Yeah. And then they made a new second script, but that second script is still canon, so they made it yeah. a comic. It's it's yeah. it take it doesn't take place as far out as this movie. Like it Yeah, it was readapted by uh Shreel Smith who is a fantastic uh author. She has a whole bunch of different books. I actually got to meet her at the premiere, which made mm. me super happy. And she also wrote Sute's Path, which was the first graphic novel. And that's the story of Sute um, during the Avatar film. And so it's basically the first film all through Sute's perspective. Sute is the, is the... The Lazo Lanza's character. Yeah, Lazo um, Yeah, the boyfriend. Yeah. Is he the boyfriend? I, could, I can't remember. No, he, 
He's more like the betrothed. So what you learn. Oh, it's Pocahontas. That's right. It's Pocahontas is a colonial story. Okay. Yeah. So if that's the only thing that people have to hold on to that teaches them about colonization, then fine. Use that as a stepping point, but stop comparing it because they both just have similar inspirations of real world events. Anyway, Natiri uh-huh. um, has an older sister named um, Silwanen that we learn about. Actually, she was in the collector's extended edition as well. It was part of the original story that kind of got cut out, but you get to see more of her perspective. And Sute was in love and was originally supposed to marry her, and then she died. Oh. And that's why he was connected to Natiri. Okay. I, I also. <sighs> I like Neytiri, but I don't feel she did like anything in this movie. Like she yeah, did a couple I was gonna things. say my my want for the next couple movies is way more Neytiri. I feel like that last action sequence you get of her was like I wanted ten times of that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like and especially because the first movie focuses so much on her being the one that teaches Jake everything that it's like where was this? You know, uh, she can't just be the the mother of these kids. Like she's she's such a badass. Like and we didn't really get to see a lot of that. And then my other want would be just like progression of these kids storylines so that I get a little bit more invested in them. Cause I feel like right now I'm specifically because of the way this movie was played out more invested in Loak's character. Um, and I just kind of want to see where each one of them go and how the death of um, the older son affects them as well too. Cause I think that's obviously going to play into their emotion. Um, I cried. They... Uh, I didn't cry when he wow. died. I didn't cry when he died. Uh, I cried at the final scene because it hurts me like that a parent like goes into this like thing right and gets to see their child as a child and then you know what I mean like kind of get that last moment oh, that was devastating yeah when they were yeah. revisiting the memory breaking yeah. my heart. That, that was really hard yeah that part was that part made me cry I did not care for his death I didn't really care uh but it sucked, I but it was yeah but I cared about how it affected the others I think I didn't care about him yeah, so much for sure and how um, that's what made Jake see the sun also. Like, even though he was a F up, it was like, I see you now. Like, quite literally, I see you now, <laughs> you know? Like, so. They mentioned in the movie, right? Important. I see you is a different, it's not I see you, but it's I see yeah, you, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Um, that movie was so long. Some of the parts I forget happened in the beginning. I'm like, where did this, like, what happened when? Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see Natiri, more Natiri. And I think, I wouldn't mind if Jake died. I think the cast I, is I getting. I was gonna say I the cast is getting Zoe super is big. Gonna, yeah, it is. I think that Zoe is is more likely going to be the one that they they take out because of not. her comment about. I think it's a Zoe Saldana thing though. Like I think oh, she yeah. just wants to kind of move on with her life, you know. Like, yeah. but I mean, I also think at this point, you knowing that this is going to profit so much, it's kind of hard to leave that too. So I don't know, but. Yeah. I thought that was gonna was gonna happen in this movie. I for sure thought Nateri was gonna. Die. Oh, I, I did why. think so. Yeah, I thought that that could have been a. I think they were setting it up, and then I was like, mm, that's, "That's not gonna happen." So <laughs> I think yeah. they can't take away such a beloved character if they waited this long to bring this back. So yeah, but I think yeah. it's coming. One of them is gonna go for sure. I think in the next yeah. one. Um, I, I mean, now that it's like the ball has started rolling again, I'm excited for more avatars. I wasn't necessarily excited for this one until I, like I saw it, I like it, but like, but like I'm excited for three, four and five, as long as they come out in a time, like, I'm not going to wait another 13 years. Like they're not. Yeah, no, I know. Years. But like, I don't want, I don't want <laughs> less than two years done already. What, right. But what if there were 13 years already, in between have, four and five? I'd be like, they're ah. can't be because they have, they have an they age have a release time schedule. limit now with the kids. So yeah. they they're set up. They they've yeah. got the release schedule unless there's like another 
horrible, horrible global pandemic. It right. should remain on schedule, but they're what set up to do it this way now. What happens if Avatar 3 does not make any money or makes less well, money? Well, actually, I think if Avatar 2 doesn't make any money, then Avatar 4 might just never go back for production, honestly. If, oh, but shit. I oh. think they've made enough that they'll, they're willing to continue with that franchise at this point. I looked it um, up as of today. Almost half, I think. Um, Monday- like to put it in perspective, the first Avatar movie only made 77 million opening weekend, and now it's the most profitable film of all time. So it, um, it's, a, it's a grower, you know, it's yeah. one that takes its sweet time. And I think because it's holiday season, I think that that's, you know, only going to go up, right? So, the, yeah. the problem is, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it's not even the best Monday for 2022. So just hopefully no. the decrease isn't too much over time because movies decrease over time. So if it mm-hmm. keeps a slight but decrease. Avatar didn't though. That's that's, oh, Avatar that's went up. <laughs> Avatar went up. Yeah, but that's it, Avatar. It, it, Avatar like was. Uns- and so like, is this. But like and we. Meant, <laughs> much and only seen in 3D theaters for the most part. So it continues to bring in that revenue. Right. Yeah. What I What I mean is Avatar. The first one's not a sequel. Right. So like people didn't know what they were getting into. Then they watched mm-hmm. and then word of mouth spread and like it yeah. continued and they got re-released and released sure. and people yeah. loved it and whatnot. But I think a sequel kind of has the expectation of the first one or held down by the baggage of the first one. Some people who didn't like the first one won't come out for the second one. It just depends. So I hope, I would love to see more of these Avatar movies. Not, in, thir- not in 13 years, <laughs> but you know, two years from now, let's see another one. You know, I'm a patient person. I just don't know that um, James Cameron will have the same gusto in his 80s and 90s as he would right now in his 70s. So, you know, let him make his movies while he feels like he wants to. He's still got energy. I mean, he's still got other things he's been doing and working on. He's got sustainable farming practices that he's been innovating. If he if this bombs, I'll still be a fan of James Cameron and everything else that he does. It doesn't have to be films, but I recommend people watch the documentaries because they are also fantastic. Right. Um, he's got one recently that Benedict Cumberbatch narrated. Cumberbatch narrated. Um, it's called Supernatural, and it's also on Disney Plus. So. Does Disney Plus have all his documentaries? Most of it, yeah. Most of them are um, through National Geographic, so that's mm-hmm. why that um that partnership works um but there is a series that is not in it oh wait no it's a Geo, but it's not on disney plus and it's the 17 episodes two seasons uh called uh what's it called the years of living dangerously and it is a really great uh documentary where celebrities that we know people like jack black sigourney weaver don Cheadle, um american ferrera like they they act almost as journalists and they act as a medium where they're going around the world and they're talking to like uh, Harrison Ford goes and he talks to the president of Brazil or the, sort of the, the minister of forestry, I think of Brazil. And he's asking him like, why are you guys still allowing deforestation to happen at the rate it is? Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, so that's like the first episode. I highly recommend it. Really good. Right. I'll check it out. Um, I want to thank everybody out there. Cause there was a good amount of people in our comments watching along a lot of uh vagas people so uh Thanks, team. you guys are great uh shout out uh shout out to kenna dj shout out to diesel Boy, zakars zakars uh and then uh rave babe 24 um and they were commenting the whole time you guys were great thank you guys so you much uh awesome. out there 
Um, and then we had Faith on, on YouTube and Derpy501. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching this. Um, before we get going, I want to know where uh, we can find you two, uh, Vaga and Shiv. Vaga, where can we find you online? I'm on TikTok. That's my my happy place. I am still currently Vega Bondage Babe, uh, both on there and on uh, Twitter. But in the future, I will be changing my name to what is on my Instagram and my brand new YouTube channel. If you, I'm going to start making longer form content because just sometimes TikTok, it's just too short. You just don't have yeah. enough time to explain like all the clans and their their cultural practices. So. <laughs> Content like that is you're trying to fit all the clans and their cultural practices into one TikTok. <laughs> People ask, and there's at least 20 of them, so I have to make like one yeah. video for each. Anyway, so that's going to be coming up on my YouTube channel in the in the near future. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe on YouTube, that'll you'll you'll get there and you'll get the little notification when that content really starts coming out. But that is under the name Holiday dot on dot Pandora. Holiday on Pandora. My real name is Holiday, by the way. So that's where you'll see me. Which was news to future. me. Yeah, we've been friends for two years and I never told you my real name. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm a millennial, man. We were just taught don't tell people on the internet your name. That's I get it. What I was told. Right. No, I mean, especially, yeah. No, I mean, I've heard, I've heard stories. Yeah. Uh, be safe, whatever it's you do. Also impossible to Google, especially this time of year. You Google holiday and it's like Christmas, vacations, holiday Granger. Nobody knows who I am. Yeah. Uh, another Kate Winslet movie, The Holiday. Yep. That's another one. <laughs> Boom. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh well uh thank you Vaga so much for for coming on taking time out of your night uh to be here Thanks, and talk about your favorite thing yeah it's, it's been a pretty heavy heavy fixation once again I don't know if I'm yeah. going to get back to Marvel in the near future but we'll see it's we'll funny see because you're the first fixation I saw that you were fixated on was WandaVision when you were doing oh, do that. all those theories and stuff that uh, broke my brain like that was when <laughs> I was just recently had gotten sober too so a lot of this also is like me revisiting the last time I was really a sober individual. So when I, it was like 2009, that was when I had just started drinking. And like, after that, I was basically just a haze for a decade. And then the pandemic hit and I stopped drinking and I'm like, Oh, look, I'm still a human being. And I remember who I used to be. So yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, just personal side. Yeah. Right there, Healthy but, fixations. Uh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good for, good for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, Shiv, where can we find you online? What do you got coming up? Yeah, um, you can find me on TikTok. Uh, it's S-H-I-V dot A-L-R-Y. It's a play on my name, Chivalry. And you can find me on Instagram at Chivalry underscore I-N-C. Same spelling. And I don't have much going on because it's the holidays. So I'm just trying to enjoy lots of movies coming out this week, though. That's that's probably what's on my docket next. So Yeah, yeah. And next year. I'm looking at the docket because I'm trying to figure out the Keeg Talks schedule for next year because I'm trying to do a weekly show. I'm trying mm-hmm. to fill it all in with something. And I'm like, oh, this comes out and this comes out and this comes out. I'm really excited for 2023. So, you know, yeah, lots, I, lots I will definitely things. have both of you back uh, uh, for uh, things in 2023. So definitely stay tuned for that. Hey. Yeah. Thanks um, for having us, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, once again, uh, Nathan Cook uh, is the favoring wind. Definitely go follow him there. Uh, if you want to follow the Keeg and support the Keeg, you can find us at the Keeg Show or slash the Keeg Show. Uh, if you were watching us on Twitch or on YouTube, click uh, follow. Um, you know, like, follow, subscribe, comment on anything. Uh, TikTok and Instagram are two biggest ones at the Keeg Show. We also have a Patreon patreon.com slash the Keeg show uh, if you want to support the show there uh, but definitely stay tuned because we've got a lot coming up um for 2023 big things 
super big things. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, follow us uh, on Twitch, follow us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Stitcher. Those are our podcasts. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for being on this show. Once again, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been the Key Talks Avatar, The Way of Water. Take care. Bye-bye. Super strong or super fast